Hi, Slip Angle listeners. This is Rob from Fields Auto Works and Fields Engineering. We're really excited to be supporting great content on Slip Angle, and we hope you'll find your way over to our social media pages to see some of the exciting work that we're doing. Fields Auto Works has Cardinal Coupes being delivered and Scioto Coupes in build for testing this summer, with more exciting models on the near horizon. If you're ready for supercar performance for under $70,000 or professional prototype speed for under $150,000, stop by FieldsAutoWorks.com to see what we offer. At Fields Engineering, we have openings for major builds, arrive and drive customers, and medium to large engineering projects. We have capabilities ranging from whole composite body scratch builds to 3D scanning and printing to trackside support. We're also thrilled to be supporting regular guy racing with Colton Wade driving in GLTC and the exciting new Future Frontrunners initiative to promote women in club racing. As a Fields customer, you get the combined experience of IndyCar builders, IMSA veterans, aerospace engineers, and lifetime racers working on your next big endeavor. If that sounds like a team you're interested in working with every day, you can also contact us about our open shop positions. Find Fields Auto Works on social media and at fieldsautoworks.com, and find Fields Engineering on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. It's Christmas Eve. Um, my buddy Blake Meredith's on the phone, and uh, he's been fighting furnaces and quarantines and all kinds of fun things on his Christmas Eve. So, yeah, it's, it's been an, an eventful day already. It's for one, only being one you, you just said it's 1 p.m., and it's time for a drink already. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's been a full one already, so. but... Probably been a couple of years since you were on the podcast, and uh, yeah, you've been. You've, Blake's always been a guy that I've looked up to, literally and figuratively, because he's one of the few people that's taller than me. But also, like, I, I I respect the way he builds cars. He does a good, clean job of building old Hondas, and uh, and fast racer, great instructor. He's instructed with us a bunch. He's you know he lives down in Atlanta, but he you've uh, you've helped with, at a lot of events. Uh, the Atlanta events, a bunch of mid-Ohio events. I think you came to Gingerman one time in Autobahn. Yep. And, yeah. Came, yep. Yeah, been all over the place. So Every, uh, whenever it works out, I try to make it. Ma- merry merry crappy Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been an eventful one. So yeah, no heat. Woke up to no heater, and it uh, was eight degrees this morning here in in the south. So it's very odd it's for us. It's very cold for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah and then uh, my daughter was warming up her lunch, and the uh, microwave shorted out. So yeah, it's been a it's been a good day. Do you, do you know what's <laughs> wrong with the microwave? No, but immediately as uh, soon as I throw the circuit breaker back on, it pops it, and then I unplugged it and. And it doesn't blow it the circuit breaker anymore. So something yeah, <laughs> microwave shorted out. Sounds like Merry Christmas, new microwave. Yeah. yeah, it seems like every year we, my wife and I end up just getting something for the house. Yep. So this year it's probably going to be a new heating, uh, HVAC unit and a microwave. Yeah, so. uh, I think the big present for uh, my wife and myself was snow tires and TPMS <laughs> sensors and extra wheels for her car. So. <laughs> Um, useful yeah. things yeah yeah those are those are useful. dudes new snow tires though holy cow i said it i said it on a show yesterday with giles but like man they make you feel like a god among men yeah 
It's I wouldn't know. <laughs> we, we do get enough snow thing. here to justify them. You guys might not. You might get like once or twice a year, but. No, um, we just stay home. Yep. Yeah, uh, lock lock yourself down for a day or two and let let it get back up to sixty degrees, right? That's right. Um, so uh, we, I think last time we talked to you on the show was we were talking about Porsche engines because you spent a lot of years building Porsche engines, specifically M ninety six stuff. It seems like. Yep. Um, and uh, you've always got some projects going, but now you are at uh, MCS Suspensions. So, um, yep. and how's that uh, how's that transition in life been? That seems like a big jump from spending years assembling race engines and and high high performance street engines and IMS bearings and stuff like that. It's going really well. The the main big difference is now I'm uh, seven miles from home instead of fifty five miles from home. That's a big difference. So my hour and 15-minute drive is now a 15-minute drive. Um, So that's been huge. Um, It's amazing how much having an extra hour and a half to your day helps. Yeah, huge, Um, huge. Yeah, so that's good. Um, Been great working there. I started in April was my first – when I started full time, I did a couple half days while I was at the old job just to kind of get up to speed. Right. Um, so yeah, took over the role of a production manager there. So um, been learning a lot about shocks and and uh, started. Uh, you know, my main role is basically you know distributing work to the guys out in the shop and right. making sure the workflow is good and and uh, that stuff. So I've done a few shock builds. Um, mostly for some projects that I've done at the house. Um, and I've done a few for the shop. Um, so still, on the, still need to get out there more and, and, uh, learn all of it, but, uh, learned a ton in the, uh, was it eight months I've been there so far. So how, how many people are actually assembling shocks at MCS every day? Uh, currently we have four. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So, yeah, we have one full-time doing service, mm-hmm. um, and then we have uh, three three guys um, doing new production stuff. Okay. Um, do you guys do a lot of machining in-house, too, or no? Um, if, if there's a, you know, a different shaft link that we need, mm-hmm. um, we'll machine that. Um, if there's something different or a shock body um, is a different length than what we have in stock, then we'll machine those. But all the parts come to us already, you know, pre-made yeah yeah more more assembly focused than uh than 10 cnc machines running in the background huh yep yeah yeah there's uh there's a lot of little pieces in there i'm uh, i'm excited to to try out a set soon very very excited so yeah uh, especially yeah. to compare them to my fortune 510s which are like up to now my my favorite shock i've ever had because they were sort of based on the the whitener shocks that i had which were non-adjustable but uh, up until then, those had been my favorite shocks. So I'm hoping to grow in in uh, appreciation of of shocks. But uh, also, like, man, just so impressed with the set that I drove on at Lime Rock, as I said yesterday on the show. But um, yeah, very excited to maybe spin a few more knobs too. I've never had I've had double adjustables. The only doubles I've I've had before though were old Coney. Um, they were Coney had a monotube. I forget what it was called. Like a thirty. Uh, 30- yeah, yeah, thirty eleven. Yeah. You had to take it apart in order to adjust compression. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had the little button on top of the the body, and you had to push down and then twist yeah. the shaft or something. Yeah, I literally had to uh, like compress the shaft all the way, and that was the that was the knob as you pushed a button or something. I forget, but yeah, um, they were a pain. I had, I had a set too. <laughs> I mean, it, they were great shocks. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Cotill almost Cotill almost won runoffs twice on on a set of them. Um, but yeah. yeah 
really, really good shocks, especially for the 90s and early 2000s. But yeah. um, it is kind of amazing how much more approachable, uh, really high-end stuff has gotten uh, for, like, an everyday car, like the stuff that you and I play with, you know. So Yeah, um, for sure. What uh, So what has been your experience with setting up a car for the first time? Um, how... Because you've built a bunch of race cars in autocross and in road race stuff. You've raced SCCA F-Prod, a bunch of IT stuff back in the day. You've raced Porsche 914 stuff. Um, when you put a car together, like with brand-new suspension, obviously you square the alignment up, you get that where you want it, you get your camber caster where you want it. But how do you approach uh, dialing in shocks yourself? So generally before... Um, I knew much. I just kind of dealt with it and like, oh, I'll put the compression here, put the rebound here and then go out and drive it. Yeah. Um, and just see, you know, how it felt. Uh, maybe do a find an adjustable bar on it, adjust the bar some. Um, I always kind of left spring rates alone because I always, you know, growing up with the Honda stuff and and especially with the EF chassis, you know, what OPM always did for spring rates, the, the split they did always seemed to work really well. So as long as you stayed within that split, that was pretty good baseline setup for spring rates. Yep. And then, you know, just t- tweaking the shock for spring control and, you know, depending on how many adjustments you had, obviously, you know, when I first started out, we just had one way stuff yep. on the conies, you know, that's what I ended up having conies and now my ITC car. And then, um, you know, then I was like, Oh, I'm going to send them in and get them converted to doubles. Yeah. And uh, so I did that and, you know, played with it some. I never really – I got the car pretty good, and I just kind of drove it. I am i don't do a lot of, you know, changing stuff. If it felt pretty good, I just adapt my driving to it. Um, my friend Trevor, who drives uh, Jolt's uh, STL Integra, he goes out every session. He'll do a, a change. He'll do something all the time, right? Yeah, and he's got – he has four ways on that car. And so he's oh, and he put those on to, to learn about the four ways and what everything does. So yeah. to, for him, you know, to go out, okay, I'm going to do, you know, two clicks on high speed rebound, see what that does. And then so he's always just, he won't make big sweeps at it, but he'll do little stuff just so he can see what the the changes are. Um, and a lot of times with me, you know how quickly I switch cars. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you you race them two or three times and then. I think, they go away. I think you're more of a builder the last four or five years at least. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, you know, just trying to play with stuff. I know um, I had Trevor help me when I got the sedan going, um, the F production sedan when uh, the last Grid Life South, I think it was yep, 2019. You know, yep. Yeah, I had some some issues with it, and and he really put some more rebound in it to control it and. Uh, uh, and it really, really helped. I mean, just three or four clicks, and it totally changed the way the car felt. Yeah, his um, his experience. I'm looking forward to chatting with him on the show also, um, because I mean, he works at MCS also, but he's also like kind of grown up just doing racing, like for a career. Oh, yeah. It seems like so. Yeah, um, he started racing go karts and has gone from go karts to autocrossing to road racing. He crewed on numerous. Uh, Speed Division Cup cars. Um, he worked for uh, Tyndall's, done TriPoint, uh, Wright Motorsports. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he did a lot of crewing on cars. And when it comes to chassis setups and shock settings, he is my absolute go-to guy. Um, when I converted my current autocross car to three ways, I'm like, you're coming to the first event because I need you to you know, help 
peel the car out and <laughs> yeah. help me set it up because yeah. you know I'm, I'm new to three knobs too <laughs> yeah he, he also almost just uh he podiumed in, in stl at the runoffs one of the one of the more difficult classes because it's more builders class than than anything so you got you know it's not like a spec class where you can get your car in the ballpark um yeah and uh pretty tough to win uh, some builders classes in scca uh national level stuff at least so yeah. Um, but yeah, a great driver, and uh, he's been—he was on the show like four years ago. It was a long time ago. But yeah, I think uh, you guys did one at PRI. Yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah of and I mean, ago. he did—you know—this year was his first year at the runoffs, and he ended up uh, podium, got a third place. So you know, show up at the runoffs for your first time and yeah. and get a podium is really good. So we put a lot of work into that car. You know, basically we got Jolt the owner. Trevor does all the suspension stuff. I do all the engine and transmission stuff. So we've got a good good group of three guys that all have their their tasks that they're good at you guys have been and, working uh, on that same car in its and now stl trim for like a decade right oh it's been uh it's probably more like 15 years holy cow the same tub huh? yeah well he, so joel wrecked it at Bar- the original chassis at barber okay uh total did at barber bought some armco at barber oh geez and uh <laughs> yeah, it was back when they were charging you for stuff. I think they still do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't race there. Um, yep. And so they built this chassis, and I think, God, this one got built. It's been 12 years at yeah. least that this one's been around. Um, it's got a ton of race miles on that chassis. Yeah, I think we've, um, all, we've all kind of been on the same forum forever since I got on that forum in 2007, and I was kind of like the new guy. It seemed like the core crew had been on there for two or three years. And so I've watched that car kind of develop since then, probably. It was probably a few years before they, you know, before he wrecked the original one. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah that car's gone the full gauntlet on suspension stuff. I mean, it, when Jolt had it originally, it had Delrin bushings in it, and it had advanced design shocks. And I had a set of those. Yeah, I had a set of yeah. those. Yeah. And so then we talked him out of the advanced designs and getting rid of the Delrin, and uh, he put uh, Coney... 3011s on it next and that helped the car a bunch and then um he put sphericals on it did all the full sphericals on it and then they went to uh jri shocks um ran those for a couple years and those were really good and then uh when trevor started at mcs they put two-way non-remotes on it because canister shocks aren't legal in its so Mm -hmm. they put two-way non-remotes on it that made the car better and then now in stl Kind of sky's the limit. Want. Sky's the limit on shock, so um, they went ahead and did the four ways on it. So I, I didn't even know that four ways were a thing. But then, it isn't didn't you say somebody has built five ways also? I've heard of yeah. I was kidding with our engineer at the shop the other day. You know, I was like, so what are you going to work on next? Five ways? He's like, no, no. He goes, I, people have done it, but I'm and I don't. It's like an overall thing i can't even i mean you can get adjust gas pressure in the canisters too so, yeah i guess I mean, that that's could actually be a like fifth, a fifth ju- yeah. that's a fifth adjustment too so you can you know you know like on my crx you know we can move the gas pressure up and down yep. um overall so you know but you got to have you know there's a minimum amount of gas pressure to in the shock before you start cavitating the oil so yeah yeah the the uh, that's one other thing like one of the reasons that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll go with fancier shocks is that I now carry around a nitrogen tank anyway. So. Yeah, we definitely need to send you a gauge. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll probably have to buy a few more things once uh, once I get them on the car. It never ends, actually. But. Yeah, I need to get a gauge and a tank for mine. 
um, as well to carry two events. The so. uh, the air jacks are the dumbest, funnest reason to own a nitrogen tank, but uh, it it sure makes it easy when you got to like change a set of tires instead of taking body work off uh, while you're also like three radios in your hand trying to run an event. Like it has right. it has literally gotten me on track more having air jacks so i can justify it a little bit <laughs> so, <laughs> for you yeah. definitely yeah it's kind of dumb but um the uh what's the what's the current projects like for you you've got uh the 914.6 that you've been working on with your dad forever and then you you now have uh didn't you used to own this crx scott renee's uh autocross yeah, car and the, then they owned I, it I, and yeah, I'll give you the full rundown on it. So, right, yeah, currently I've got my dad's 914.6 in the garage that uh, got painted, got finished being painted a little over a year ago. Um, I've got the suspension all painted up on it. All the plating, all the metal pieces that get uh, plated are all replated. I've started assembly of the engine on it. Um, and then while that was going on, my dad has a 912E that we did some development work at work on for shocks. Really? And so while I was up there, I ended up, uh, the front, those cars rust up around underneath the battery. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up replacing the front trunk pan in that car um, the, towards the end of summer. Is, and, is and, that uh, basically the same suspension as like a similar generation 911? Yeah, this, that car is exactly. So basically, a 912E is just a 76 911 with, a with non yeah, non vented front rotors on it and uh, different gearing in the transmission and a Type 4 Volkswagen yeah. engine in the back. Yep. So my dad's had this car for like 16 years and, you know, engine, transmission, uh, drive-thru is all really great in it. The car looks horrible. The paint jobs faded and different colors and, (laughs) and all that, but it makes it a fun driver. Yeah. uh, So they wanted to test some different shock valvings on it. So it's got two way non-remote, uh, complete MCS spindles on it. We make a custom 911 spindle. Um, it doesn't use any of the factory pieces. And then, uh, we did set of shocks in the back as well to try and get some valving down on that car so my dad drove that for the first time a couple weeks ago he's like man this thing rides really good i'm like well it should considering your stuff was you know pretty much original and blown out so yeah yeah. so we did that and then uh yeah so i bought a sedan 91 sedan um back a year ago uh to make a fun daily track day autocross kind of car and it was just about done with it in July when Scott and Renee uh, texted me and said, Hey, um, we're thinking about selling our CRX, uh, the FSP car. Are you interested? And I'm like, I mean, I got this sedan that I just spent all this time on, but Mm -hmm. I've driven that car and it's a lot of fun and it would be cool to have. So talked it over with a wife and decided to finish the sedan and sell it. Mm -hmm. And so basically I drove it to work four days and then sold it <laughs> and uh, went and picked up uh, Renee's little autocross monster. That's yeah, a first-gen CRX, right? With a, Yeah, it's an 85 CRX yeah, with an SI drivetrain. The D15, that's really not a D15. It's like an EW basically. but Yeah, uh, it's EW. And then like the last year they made it a D15A3, I think is the, the yeah. engine code on it. Doesn't, so yeah, it's a three three valve fifteen hundred. Yeah, it doesn't really share. Yeah. Does, doesn't share anything with the later generation stuff, but um, no, except for bore else. spacing, I think, right? Bore spacing is the same because the torque plate I have from you is going to be used for that. Oh, you to, do still have that torque plate of mine. Yeah, Good. I still have it. Yeah. Good, I'm glad it's somewhere. It. <laughs> it's going to be. It'll have multiple configurations because now it's uh, drilled to do a ZC block. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's about to be drilled to do a EW block. Nice. 
Yeah. Andy Hollis uh, put that up on somewhere years ago, I think. I think it was him. And I was like, yeah. I think I'm going to buy that just, just so that it, so I know where one is. And then uh, <laughs> it was in my house for like a month. And you're like, hey, what, you got that torque plate? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not building an engine right now. You can have it as long as you want. Yeah, it's been, I've used it a bunch. I've had uh, another friend borrow it. And then I borrow his B series plate when okay. I need it. So it's kind of nice to know people who have. Yeah. Torque plates to borrow. The uh, and like, for listeners, a torque plate is basically it's a giant chunk of aluminum with with the bore holes in it, and you can basically stress the block. You torque the block down, and, uh, and it simulates the head so that when you hone it and bore it, it's like correct. So yeah, yeah. it makes a big difference. Big difference. Does it really make a huge difference? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes. It, uh, everyone who's who's honed with it after who's done a lot of my stuff before I had a torque plate were like, oh, it's so much nicer. Yeah, that's Get good. Straight. Good to know. But yeah, so the backstory on the CRX is so back in the late '90s, around '96, I guess it was '96 or '97. Um, I knew this guy Heath. Um, he used to work at a oh, what was the safety equipment company back in the day. I can't even remember. Um, but he worked there, and we had met. You know. I went in there to buy a helmet or something. Uh, it was G-Force, I guess. It was Rotary. Uh, what was the name? I can't remember. Anyways, Racer Parts Wholesale. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he worked there. And uh, so I met him and got a helmet and some stuff. And so we became friends, and he autocrossed. And then uh, he was looking for a roommate, and I was looking for a place to live. So the rent was right. So I moved in with him, and he was building this car. Okay. Um, and so I helped him with it. I helped him paint it. And then, so I've basically driven that car from when it was first built in the late 90s um, through most of the developments he did with it until he sold it to uh, to Renee back in, I think, 07 or 08, I think is when he sold it. Um, so I've driven it, you know, it's a torsion bar car. So the first set he had was 23 millimeters, and then he upgraded to 27s, and then we got sway away to make 29 torsion bars. And of course, now it's got I think 31 millimeter torsion bars on it. Um, so he had a stock motor in it, and with stock ECU. And then I had a Z Dyne on my Jeep prepared car, and I ended up sold, selling the car, and I sold him the ECU. So it had since about 04, it's been running on a Z Dyne ECU that um, you know. The old old Honda guys will will know that's one of the first. It was basically like the first tunable. Yeah, it was like it was like a they had hacked into an OEM ECU and made it kind of like a standalone almost. Yeah. Um, so and it was the only one, of, only thing for a long time for OBD zero Hondas. So. Yeah, and then we had so we to do that we had a, a friend Dave Hardy uh, make us a distributor adapter to mount um, an OBDO distributor to the head. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that we were pretty early on and doing some crazy stuff with those motors so i've only seen uh, that that done twice and that was on that car and then me and my brother did it to a lemons car (laughs) i've never seen anybody else do i'm sure people did but yeah i did it i did it kind of the same i didn't use dave's adapter plate i used a dx cam and used had someone weld a plate on the end of the stock distributor housing to do it on on my car that's what that's kind of what we did we uh we basically cobbled it together. There was a lot of RTB involved, and it totally worked. But 
but uh so yeah every iteration of the car i've driven i, I co-drove with heath for three or four years um he ended up winning uh back then that car was in c street prepared okay um and then he ended up winning the 99 solo nationals in that car um and if i remember correctly, it's the last front wheel drive car ever to win that class because it's basically a miata class mm-hmm. um it was then but it did rain the the uh, second day of the event so okay. front wheel drive definitely helps with that so uh nice. but yeah and then he built a new motor for it after that um actually had some belt do all the machine work on the engine um you worked at so some makes... you worked there for a while right yeah, I worked there for three years. This is about probably two or three years after he had the engine done. Right. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, it's got a really good motor in it. Um, and then Scott Renee bought it, or Renee bought it. It was actually her car. And uh, they ran G prepared for a while with it because it just was not competitive in C Street prepared anymore. And then the car got moved to F Street prepared. And they moved it all back to F Street prepared. And then I hadn't driven that car since, I guess, somewhere around 01 or 02. And I went up um, after the 2015, I uh, went up and did the Mid-Ohio uh, Majors. And uh, Scott and them, I took Badger. I think it's when they got Badger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about that. And, yeah, and so they had Scott had blown the motor up in that. So I dropped my, my CRX off at their house, picked their CRX up, took it home, built them a motor. And then when I brought it back up... Um, I went up and did a pro solo in the car okay. and I had, so I hadn't driven that car. It'd been eight years or more. Um, and, uh, was completely blown away again by what that thing does. And, and so then, yeah, like I said, they offered it to me and I was like, I gotta buy it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I bought it. And, and, and uh, uh, is autocross something that, uh, that you're loving again? Yeah. Well, I, autocross to me is always, it's been fun a fun uh event it's a long day because you don't you don't get a lot of runs but you know in the right car autocrossing is extremely fun and this is about the only car that i actually have fun in because Mm -hmm. it's it's a workout it's an absolute challenge the car is way faster than it should be right um it just has so much grip i mean it has 13 tens on the on the front with like a 255 so 35 hoosier on it um yeah. it's so much tire on a 16 uh you know 1600 pound car um i've taken it so my daughter actually drove has driven it um and she she loves it so we'll definitely be doing some more events in it next year and then uh so i've done two porsche club events in it and one SCCA event and uh think the first scc event i was second on packs and sixth overall overall time and then at the last two pca events i was the fourth fastest car raw time behind 2018 gt3 uh porsche a spider and a tesla <laughs> and and the, if, and if you've ever most porsche club autocrosses always have like some really fast section yeah and this car you don't want to ever get it out of second gear you don't want to do that second or third shift but the car only does like 65 in second mm-hmm. and we had to go to third like midway through third gear like it, we were doing probably close to 70 yeah 72 and the gt3 was well it was into third gear so they were probably doing over 80 in this one section but yeah not the course a, for the car huh <laughs> 
No, but it's it's just cool because people come over and are like, what's in that thing? I was like, oh, it just makes 100 horsepower. It's, you know, it's nothing special. Yeah, 100 but, horsepower out of that engine is like, that's a lot. That's hard to do. So. Yeah, it made it made the most it's ever made is 107 at the wheels. That's wild. So I'm hoping putting your old ITBs on it. So we'll see if that helps breathe more power out of it. Yeah, that's but, uh, it's probably gonna sound cool at least. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, that car's you know no power steering, no power brakes. Big huge um, front tires. Big, we, yep. big huge tires, lots of caster. So it's it's a handful. It's got HF steering rack in it, so it's got a quicker rack. Yeah. So it's a workout. I get out of that thing, and it's like I'm panting. I'm, I'm also not in the best shape. I need to start working out my arms. I, I did 10 runs in it, and after, like, the sixth run, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's, like, my, it's my, too my hard. Arms just, <laughs> my arms can't do this. Yeah, so. I, I remember Scott saying that uh, that that it, it literally wears you out because you have to steer and hold the wheel so hard. Like, you have to push and turn and oh, yeah. grab. It's just like it, it's a – it's a workout in a way that you wouldn't imagine. <laughs> so. No, it's, I mean, I get out of the thing. And I'm just, I'm panting because most of it's just, I'm either I'm holding my breath or just, yeah. it's just, there's a lot going on. Um, it's just how quick that car is. So yeah, probably, probably uh, get better with it with, with time in the car, but still that's a lot of, that's a lot of front tire with no, with no steering. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Have you so. thought about putting an electric rack into it or no? So you're not allowed to. So you can do okay. power steering in that car, but, you, but it, you can't do an electric rack. Yeah. It can't be electric. So the only one you can use is out of a sedan. Oh, uh, okay. And so those are really hard to come by. And then the pump and the brackets like thirty pounds. Yeah. And so I don't. Yeah, you're gonna put, you're probably it. gonna put forty five pounds on the nose then with fluids. Yeah. And, yeah. On the driver's side. Yeah, the wrong spot. Yeah. yeah so just man up, start working out. Yeah, come do Just, some uh, come do some curls and some grips and. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. How's, how's um, your, your daughter? Your daughter's pretty thin. How does she do with it? She does good. She actually works out a lot. She uh, she threw her. shot in discus in uh, in high school, so she did a lot of weight training, and then uh, she's now playing rugby. She's on a rugby team. Oh, you told at me college. that. Yeah. That's dumb. So she's still working. <laughs> she's still working. She still works out every every day. So she's probably she's uh she's not not a weakling by any stretch of the imagination so is she still she is she dailing the the gray car the gray forder yep she took it to college nice. um college is only 20, 20, 20 miles from the house but she she took that to college um it still runs flawless she did that track day at mid ohio in it yep um was that her first track day grid life mid ohio yep that's right that was her first first time driving by herself on track that's rad so she had a good time and uh but yeah we've had no real issues out of that car um it just keeps plugging away i think it's been running now for two and a half years is that obd zero or obd one her car is obd zero just real simple huh yep it's just get it and go i think we've done one distributor in it i was, since I was she's just gonna it. say do, do you keep a 12 mil wrench and a distributor yep. in the back you gotta yep she has a she has a little basket in the back trunk and it has a distributor a 12 millimeter wrench and a black sharpie mark on the distributor mm-hmm. because it's it's timed and the, i was like all right it was a test one day i was like go put a distributor on your car yeah you have so to I got all the plug wires all the plug wires are numbered she just she can take it off plop the new one in set it 
and away she goes. Fired up, yeah. I, uh, I just discovered about half a dozen of them in my basement. I should throw them in a box and ship them down to you. <laughs> Well, luckily Scott's car came, or Renee's car came with a bunch of them. So. Yeah, I mean, you have to hoard them nowadays. Like, you can't trust the parts store ones, you know. So. No, I, I, I use all the, if it's a new distributor, I put the, I bought one new one, and that's the one that's in her trunk. But mm-hmm. it's an old one with, like, really good, you know, old factory pieces in it that's in the car right now. Yeah. Yeah, so, when I yeah. was racing, uh, when I was racing ITA and then STL early on, I, I, I built a 1.5, STL when I ran at OBD0 because I had all these OBD0 parts and I was just buying them. I was buying them off of eBay whenever you'd see one. Just buy it. Just have it, you know. So, yep. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a box of parts. Yeah, yep. Stuff Here, is getting yeah. ancient. So. Yeah, I mean, she's getting a little upgrade on her suspension as well. Yeah, you, her... you, you texted me about that the other night. You you did, like, you, you're putting Tesla front forks on it? Yeah, so we were walking through the. I was walking through the shop and the shelf with all the, the parts are, and I look at this fork and I'm like, what is this? So I pull it out and I'm looking at it. It's got the exact same shape as yeah. a Honda fork, and so I go to Trevor. And I'm like, what is this for? And he's like, oh, that's for a Tesla. I'm like, look at it again, and he goes, it looks like a Honda. Oh my fork. god, it looks like a Honda fork. I go, yeah. He goes, well, I never even noticed that. And it's got these, like, sliding bushings at the bottom of it so you can adjust the, the mouth a little yeah. bit. But. Yep, for the yeah for whatever the bushing is. So, yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, you need to take this home because I don't have – her car was at school and I don't have an EF or a DA or anything here. She's like, you need to take this to Joel's car and see if the length and all is right. So he takes it home and he sets it up and he's like, dude, it's, like, exact. <laughs> like, the shape, the whole nine yards, the length of it. Yeah. He goes, it's – it's exact. I'm like I said, we need to build a set of shocks. Yeah, with, so, and they're um, aluminum too, right? Yep, they're aluminum. And if they'll hold up, a, I don't know what a Tesla weighs five thousand, six thousand pounds. Yeah, they're probably four or five thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's plenty for a twenty-two hundred pound Civic. Well, yeah, there's there's like no directional side loading force on no. those shocks theoretically, you know. So. No, so it should be fine. So yeah, so I was like, well, I was like, my daughter needs uh, new shocks for her car. I was like, we should test them out on her car. So yeah. we brought it in. I brought it in last two weeks ago and we took some measurements and uh drew up some shocks for it some dimensions and and then i built them last week that's hilarious yeah and, but the like the big difference is it seemed, it looked like in the picture that it bolted to the bottom of the shock versus slip over the shock so correct so yeah, yeah it bolts to the end cap and so that's that's the kind of be the difficult part for like a street car i'll be fine because how often you're going to be taking the shock off. So, oh, like, that's you know, what, yeah, you, you said it would be maybe harder to change axles, but that makes sense. It would be maybe a little bit harder for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, the shock gets fully assembled. So, we'll have to see how it goes into the car. And right. then, you know, when you want to do an axle, you usually just drop the fork out of it. Right. Or pull the, you know, to pull the shock out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were off an old ITC Civic that I had uh, bought all the parts off of. And then right. they sh- sat in the basement for two years before I put them on. And they were probably okay when they went on her car. But when I had it in the shop, you could just, there was nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. So probably ride a lot nicer. So. Oh, yeah. She, she liked the, uh, I put two-way non-remotes on my sedan and she rode in it. One, she's like, this thing rides so much better than my car. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, it's got really nice shocks on it, and yours has old Coney Sports that are probably as old as you. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I was pretty surprised, like when I went from basic suspension to like the the, the Whitener shocks, even were like they rode really nice compared to like your traditional EF track suspension. You know, like 
just conies and ground controls like it, it just rides harder you know so, yeah that's 25 year old 30 year old technology now so yeah, and that's the biggest difference I felt um, driving the, the CRX that I currently have because I drove it on Coney doubles, and then now it's got – when I got it, it had two-way remotes in the front and just singles in the back. And then so I did a couple events like that, and then I converted them to three-ways. The biggest difference I've noticed with it is just how much better it is over the bumps. Before, it would just skip across the parking lot, and now it just absorbs – Every little bump, it's always got good, you know, good traction, and uh, yeah, your high, your high speed compression. Yeah, the high, when the shaft moves faster, it uh, it does it does everything nicer. Huh? Yeah, um, it's just the car's so so much softer to drive. It just feels like it's softer, even though it's not. Right. But you're just not. It's just not skipping across. And you know how parking lots are not the smoothest thing in the world. Yeah, typically not. So, well, some of them. So. But yeah, that's. I'm curious to see what your impressions are when you get your shocks in the mail. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, what? To, so when you buy a set of three ways, I'm going to be able to adjust uh, rebound compression, and then is it high speed rebound or high speed compression? Yep, okay. you'll have high speed and low speed compression, and then uh, rebound. I'm. I'm kind of stoked about it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah. fun. It'll be a, a new challenge, and like, I'm. I'm kind of intended on. Uh, on. on doing more hpdes with this thing too like getting myself back into driver mode because it's been really it's been seven years since i like raced competitively i've raced gltc every year that it has existed but like not not seriously the car's never been dialed you know i've uh, i just discovered that i had insane bump steer in this car and fixed that um with some adjustable tie rods but like yeah, the car's never been ever dialed. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to keep dialing the car in. So. Uh, I'll definitely do yeah. some phone consults with Trevor. and. Oh, yeah, I'm going to bother him. Definitely help you dial him. it in. Well, you got, uh, you, we got we got about 35 minutes, and you got to go fix a furnace, and you got to fix a microwave, <laughs> and i got to go shovel my grandma's driveway so she can go to church. So. <laughs> Yeah, cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. We'll uh, we'll probably do another one of these once I get some uh, some shocks on. So. Yeah, well, we're gonna start them when we get back to work first of the year. So I'm stoked about it. Shipping right. out the first week of the month. I appreciate the the opportunity, the five dollar discount. You know, all the. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No, I'm definitely buying these too. It's not uh, not a gift. So, but no. uh, but excited to have you know stuff that friends of mine have have helped build and they're built in the U.S. So. Yep. Uh, kind of the same thing that I was stoked about the fortunes too, you know. So. Yep. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, man. I hope you have a great Christmas, dude. All right, man. You too. All right, buddy. See ya. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, everybody. I appreciate uh, everybody having uh, a little bit of time for us. It's been a long 2022. It's almost over. We get to try 2023 soon. I hope everybody has the best holiday. Talk to you guys soon. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. Hello.